This is one of the biggest singer-songwriters in the world. And we got to sit down with Julia Michaels, who you may know from her massive platinum-selling songs like Cause I got issues, but if the world was ending. But she's also written some of the biggest songs in music, like one of Justin Bieber's biggest songs. The way Sorry happened was Is it too late now to say sorry? Selena Gomez's biggest song. To love, love. In fact, if you were to add up every single stream of every single song Julia Michaels has written, you'd get over 18 billion streams. And that's just on Spotify. But what if I were to tell you Julia was actually terrified to not only sing in front of people. I was dealing with so much stage fright and just so much performance anxiety. She was actually too scared to put out her own songs. My knees will be shaking, my hands are sweating. I kind of just black out and then I don't remember anything. So how? How did Julia go from being too afraid to sing in front of people to becoming one of the biggest singer-songwriters in the world? Well, let's learn from Julia herself because today we have the one and only Julia Michaels, one of my favorite songwriters of all time, and I'm so excited to have you on today. Thanks, Thanks so much for having for me. So let me tell you a little bit about the mission and, and what we're doing here. Over the next year, I'm trying to meet with 100 singers, songwriters, and producers. So, so far, we've met with David Foster. Cool. Coldplay, sweet. Rick Astley, cool. Which was so sick, by the way. Love that. Fun. And <laughs> such a good song. Such a good song. I used to have um, my um, <laughs> the guy that used to run monitors for me on my tour. He'd be like, Julie, I have to tell you something really quickly. Come here. I'm like what? Like what? Like he'd make it sound like it was an emergency. And he'd be like, Never gonna give you up. <laughs> Like, I fucking hate you. Let's start That's our amazing. show. amazing. He just rickrolled you in person. He I don't know anyone me, who does that. He rickrolled me so hard, like, every day on tour. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so one of the goals we have for this is to inspire the next generation of music creatives. And as someone who came up into this industry and has really made a name for yourself, what is a piece of advice you have for music creatives, songwriters, anyone out there who wants to get into the industry? Um, That's a good question. One, I would say um, position yourself in a place that's conducive for music. Like, if you know that you want to write country music or you want to write pop songs or whatever, like, try and be in a place where you know that you can do that. Um, and, and, like, network as much as possible. Like, I started, I started doing um, demos around the city uh, to meet people. So I would sing other people's songs and be like, hey, also, I write songs, just letting you know if you ever need someone to write with. And that's how I met Lindy Robbins. From her, I met a bunch of people, and then from them, I met a bunch of people, and that's how I started. So I would say just like position yourself in a place that's just con conducive for creativity in the field that you want to do. And then I would also say, I think a lot of people think that they need to write something that's on trend. So like, you know, a type of beat comes out and people are like, oh, this beat is popular. I need to do this right now. And then by the time they've made an, a whole album of that specific beat, it's already gone. Everything's changed and like shifted and focused on something else. So I think just being true to yourself, and that sounds so cliche and so fucking cheesy, but like writing what you would want to hear on the radio or on TikTok or on streaming platforms, like whatever that is for you is what you should be writing. Love that. You said that you sung people's demos. Yeah. Is that a job in the music industry as well? Yeah. 
yeah, a lot of um, a lot of people that are singers can just get paid for Almost using like their a, their voices. Like a like a session, like a session singer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's I didn't know about that. That's literally how I started. Yeah. So basically, there'll be there'll be songwriters that say they don't ha have specific kind of voice that appeals to a specific artist. So they'll hire people to s sing these songs so they're more like attractive, essentially. Um, and then I'm like, hi, I sound like shit, but I need money and I want to write with you. So here I am. Is it? True that a lot of times when you're picking your session singer, you want someone who sounds good, but maybe not so good that they're better than the singer. Um, maybe. I mean, I was perfect for it because I'm trash. If I know, you know, we know you so, um, I was like, yeah, I'm happy to do this for you any day. Um, pay my rent, please. Thank you. How did you pitch yourself as a songwriter and make that change? Um, for people, did you just, would you just bring it up? Yeah, I would just bring it up and be like, yeah, I also write songs. I'm out here, you know. But I was never, I don't think, I don't, I'm not, I don't know, I don't think of myself as like a pushy person. Like, I'm not, I wasn't like, here's my demos, and like, here's this. And I, I think actually how it, how it really happened was kind of organically. I had written a lot of songs with a woman named Jolene. And she's who actually did the theme song for Austin Alley with. Awesome. And um, I was I had been writing with her, and her and Lindy Robbins were friends. And I went and did a demo for Lindy, and Lindy called Jolene and was like, "Can she write songs?" She's like, "Yeah, I've been writing with her for the last three years." And um, and then that's how I ended up writing with Lindy, and then meeting a bunch of people, and then writing with them. So it kind of like happened pretty organically. Awesome. Yeah. How many songs would you say that you? I mean, you don't have to put an actual number. Have written. Before you had your first like placement would you say that how many Ooh. years do you think it took to well, get to that point well i started writing i started doing like sync songs and stuff like that when i was 16. um for commercials and other things yeah like and like television promos like, they they're called like library songs so basically you would do like a stack of songs uh and it'd be like essentially a library that you would send to like commercial promos and commercials and like the backgrounds of television so like you know there'd be like a scene on like MTV uh, like a reality show and there'd be music playing in the background it'd be like a song that I did or something like that kind of stuff but I would say before I had like Miss Moving On, Miss Moving On. before I met like Selena and all that stuff I would say I met Selena when I was 19. I did Miss Moving On when I was 19. I would say probably like, I don't know, 200 songs, 300 songs. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot. Definitely. A lot. How many no's would you say you had before you had the first yes? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I would say quite a few, but then like once I found my people, it was like, oh, this feels right, and we're like, maybe we're making things that are good, maybe we're not, but like, it feels good to us, so that's what matters, you know? 100%. Yeah. You often collaborate with people. Who's, uh, All the time. Who's some of your favorite collaborators? Um, I mean, I write a lot with Justin Trancher. I'm with the one and only Justin Trancher. Hello, the icon. legend. For those of you who don't know, Justin is one of the greatest songwriters, one of the greatest pop songwriters today, in my opinion. We met in, I want to say we met in like 2016. And it's funny, the, the day we met, I almost got my ass kicked, randomly. Uh, we, 
we met we met this week because I had been writing with a lot of the same people and I told my publisher I was like I think I need to write with some new people like I, I need to break up the monotony I'm bored and so he was my second session of the week him and um, this producer Felix Snow and we met and I'm like you know I'm like shy um, I don't like new people scare me most of the time and um, I walk in and he's like yeah I think we should do something like 90s in Vogue and I was like yeah that's not really my vibe but um, sure and I, I got so overwhelmed that I was like we should can we just go like eat somewhere quickly smart so that I can get to know, get to know you yeah. for like a second and we walked outside and I, I like to say I have temperature dysmorphia um, because <laughs> I wear coats in the summer. Like I'm literally in a sweatshirt and it's 90 degrees outside. And so I was wearing like a full winter coat in the summer. And he was like, why are you wearing that? And I was like, I don't know. And I like threw my arms up like this. But then there was a, <laughs> there was a woman uh, from like across the street that saw me and thought I was like trying to step. I don't know why, I don't know how, no idea. So we're walking and we hear this person like screaming things at us. And I was like, is she talking to us? Like, there's no way she's talking to us. So we're laughing out of pure discomfort. And she's like, yeah, bitch, keep laughing. And I was like, Justin, I've never been in a fight before. <laughs> I can't throw down. He was like, don't worry, boo, I got you. And we just like ran across the street so that we could avoid me getting potentially punched in the face for no reason. Um, yes, that did happen. Uh, so that bonded us very quickly. What a great way to meet. You know, we bonded very fast. And then we went back to write a song and then I essentially hid in a closet for like an hour. And then I came out and I was like, what if we do this? And he was like, oh yeah, that's great. And you're weird and I love you. And I was like, great, I love you too. And um, now we've yeah been friends ever since. Speaking of Justin, he was just on the show, just on this. Hi, love and you. I asked Justin a question and okay. I said, wanted to ask you a question coming from you, what would it be? Okay. What's your favorite song that you've written together that the world hasn't heard? Oh, haha, that's, ooh, the world has not heard. I don't know if I can mention that song. Oh, you know what? No, no, that's a good question. I don't know, maybe the first song we ever wrote together. That was, a, that was a fun one. We had a good time with that one. What was it called? It was called Sick of This. Did it ever, did, it never, ever like it never came out. It never came out. Oh, we also did a song the day before we did Sorry that I thought was really good, and then it never came out. And I was like, well, my gauge is wrong. <laughs> fuck, fuck if I know. Speaking of demos, mm -hmm. not you didn't just were a demo singer. You also have You also do a lot of demos yourself for the songs that you're writing yeah and they sound so good that people want to sample you from the actual demo <laughs> yeah. for example there's, there's two examples that i think right off the top one is sorry, is it too late now? Say sorry. with skrillex posted that facebook yeah. video yeah. from the actual demo yeah. of you is it too late now to say sorry? and the other gang gang <laughs> yeah. by the migos which was this one was crazy to me that was a demo of a shakira song it sure was of your voice it sure was. that he had 
Sure was. And then he made a beat out of. I wanted to ask, when it comes to having these demos and people sampling you and everything like that, what's the process like to approve those? Um, I mean, it's relatively simple. Um, so, for instance, that song, yeah, that was a Shakira song, and the, the sample was me. So the way that I like to write, I think because I get so nervous in sessions, is I like to just, like, um, put myself in the booth and just, like, turn off the lights, and I just will, like, sing things down until I find something that I like. And then I get to just, like, be in my own space without looking at anybody judging me, basically. So that was me just, like, fiddling on the mic, just trying to find a melody that I liked. That's cool. And I guess he liked it, and then he um, he messaged me and was like, hey, I, I put this on Amigos song. Um, and then basically all you have to do is just negotiate splits. It's like, how do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, cool, tight. Like, 5%? Dope. <laughs> See ya. Love you. <laughs> was, was that the same process for Sorry as well? Is it like Skrillex texting you? saying, hey, want to use this kind of thing? Um, no, no, I honestly I can't remember. That one was different. So the way Sorry happened was I sang, I sang parts of it down. Is it too late now to say sorry? The like post-course melody was an ad-lib I had done. Ooh. And so he took that ad-lib and moved it to the post. Now take this down, four semitones, one, two, three, four. And then fucked it up and like changed it a bunch of semitones to make it sound the way that it did. Pitch it up, 12 semitones, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And it should sound like this. And then that's how that ended up staying on the, on the song. I don't think a lot of people know that that's me. On the post course. Hopefully, we'll change that. I guess they're gonna know now. <laughs> one of the one of the, I, I don't know if this is true. I was looking online, and am I right in thinking that your second live performance was at the Olympics? Sure was. Yeah. In front of how many people? A lot. Yeah. Becca, my manager, tries to keep that statistic from me because it always freaks me out. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask a question. That's that's a. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna need your advice here. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, one of the one of the first videos we did for this was um, was Coldplay. I don't know if you know the biggest band today. Cause I got to meet and interview them, and I asked them the scariest question of my entire life. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things that I did is I asked Coldplay how many likes in order to sing on stage with them. How many likes will this video have to get in order to sing on stage with you guys? But why is that? This is something I thought I'd never talk about on camera. You see, I was born with a medical condition that affected my life every day of my life. I wasn't able to do what everyone else could do. A lot of my childhood was spent in and out of hospitals. But the one thing that was able to help me get through it was music. And the band that helped me the most was Coldplay. They said 100,000. Wow. I'm gonna say 100,000. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. And then we'll do it on the C stage. We'll make it work. Incredible. Okay. Appreciate it. Hold me to that. You should hold me to that. So, make that happen. But it's going to be my first time singing like in a stadium, in a sense. Mm -hmm. For someone who had a similar experience, do you have any advice? Um, no. Sure don't. Yeah. I get really fucking nervous, and then I kind of just black out, and then I don't remember anything. So that's 
Um, that's all I can say. That's not advice. It's just fear. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, it? not at my own shows. If it's a show that wouldn't be my crowd, like if I was opening for someone or if I had to do like Jimmy Fallon, like an event or something. Yeah, I just I forget words. I have to have cues in my ears because I get so nervous that I forget the words to my own songs. That my I think my that happens to a lot of artists. I don't know if it does. For me personally, it does, and like my um, my MD will will like tell me what the first line of the second verse is basically because I'll I'll just get so like my knees will be shaking, my hands are sweating, it's a whole thing, and so he has to be like. You know, I feel a little nauseous. One, two, three, and I'm like, alright, I feel a little nauseous. And I'm like, okay, sick, tight, got it. I know where I am now. You got people in your corner helping you out, though. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Exactly. Well, I love that. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on the current state of the music industry and and TikTok? Are you a fan of it? Do you do you like where the music industry is heading? That's a good question. I I don't know. I like I. I tend to keep things like pretty creative, like logistical things are still like, that's not where I put my 10,000 hours, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when I was coming up, everything was about radio, everything, like, and if it, if it did something on radio, then it was a success. Now I don't understand anything about the music industry except for music and the way music makes people feel. Um, so much has changed. And I'm still, like, trying to grasp it and figure it out. Um, I've seen TikTok work for so many people, and I've seen it. I've seen how it can be super beneficial. I think for someone like me, who's, like, a little bit more introverted and, like, um, shy, to have to have essentially, like, a persona on TikTok is really difficult for me. Um, because I'm just like a self-deprecating piece of shit and I'm just like, all right, let's do this. Um, I hate myself. And, um, yeah, so for me, I don't know, I don't know how it works for me. And I think I'm figuring that out. I feel like people connect most with being as genuine as possible. And I think Absolutely. why people loved your Miss Moving On videos, how honest you were yeah. with what happened and everything like that. Yeah. So I wanted to share something kind of special with you. This was the first song I ever heard on the radio that I wrote. So I just say like, if you if you feel comfortable yeah. in front of a camera being yourself, I'm sure people will love I that. I hate no cameras, what. which is funny. I picked the wrong field, you guys. <laughs> That's why you were a songwriter. First. That's absolutely right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can just be anonymous and I can like walk down the street to my coffee shop in my Mickey Mouse slippers and like not give two shits. I still do that. It's fine. <laughs> One of the songs at first. So, so you've written a lot of songs, and I, I would, I, we're definitely going to talk about some of the behind the scenes of the ones we talked about earlier. Mm. But one of the songs that really brought you into the spotlight was the first song you released. Mm. Yeah. Issues. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about how the process, if, if you feel comfortable with that, yeah. tell me how the process of what it was like writing that song or however it came about? Yeah, so I I had actually written Issues the day Sorry went number one on Billboard. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a special day. Um, I wrote issues with um, with Stargate and Benny Blanco and Justin, and 
that day was really bad for me, actually. Uh, I had a boyfriend at the time that was just, like, awful. Um, He was a producer, and he just, like, he made the day so bad, like, was like, that should be me, and you're younger than me, and I don't understand how this is happening for you, and, like, was like, I'm, like, I'm happy for you, but I can't, I, like, I can't talk to you right now, and it was just, like, just an awful experience, and I showed up to the studio, and I was, like, yeah, pretty, um, pretty sad, and it was actually the day Same Old Love went number one on radio, so Benny and Stargate were celebrating that, and Justin and I were celebrating no, sorry, but I was, like, so fucking sad that I couldn't even, like, handle it, and, um, and I had actually had issues written down on my phone, and I was like, I think we should write this song today, and that's... Had the lyrics written down, or just the title? Just the title. Awesome. And, um, and so we wrote that song that day, and he, like, came in, like, six hours later with flowers, and I was like, You've already done damage. Just don't. Just stop. Just stop. And um, I remember Charlie Walk at Republic Records hearing it because I had just done a bunch of songs with Haley Steinfeld. He's like, this song is really great. You're an artist. And I was like, go fuck yourself. He's like, no, I'm serious. You're an artist. And I was like, okay. And um, I don't know. I sat there and I thought about it. And, um, and I was like, here's the song. I'm jealous. What do you think of it? He's like, what do you want me to think of it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you say I'm an artist, let's go. And, um, yeah, and then we put it out, and I did not anticipate it doing what it did at all. I am here with the superstar that is Julia Michaels, everybody. She's out now with her first solo single. She's doing it, and it is crusher. It's so good. You've just been nominated for a VMA Best New Artist. And I was definitely not prepared mentally for everything that happened, for sure. Cause I, got issues. I, I was reading online, it went five or six times platinum. Six times platinum, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, so well. At the time, were you happy about that? Was that something that, that brought you a lot of joy? Was that more scary? Um, you know, at the time, everything was such a whirlwind. I don't think I like caught my breath for like a good year. Um, I was dealing with so much stage fright and just so much performance anxiety and so much social anxiety that um, that was like it, it just consumed me so much. Um, it was like it was to the point where I was like <laughs> trying to run away from events. I would like hide if I could. Um, so I think like a lot of 2017 was a bit of a blur for me. It's, it's when I look back on it now that I'm like, wow, I cannot believe all of that happened. Um, and just like how amazing it was. Like I met so many people and, um, you know, from then to now, I've, I've, I've gotten like the most exceptional fans. Like they are, and, and I, like I used to watch people like <laughs> do interviews and be like, oh, my fans are the best. Like they're so great. And like, you guys are such full of shit, you know? And then you actually have your fans and you're like, oh no, like, I, I get it. This is, they are like so beautiful and amazing. And like, I'm, I get so excited when I get to see them. I know most of them by name. Amazing. Yeah. A thousand true fans, love it. True fans, yep, I love them. They're the best.
do you feel more comfortable performing on stage now? I feel more comfortable performing on stage if it's my my crowd. What, if it's my shows. What did you do to kind of get to that place? Was it just about performing a lot until you felt comfortable? No, absolutely not. I'm still horrified. Um, I think the thing that helps me um, is my my own shows. We've created like such a such a beautiful space where everybody can scream and cry and sing and and when it's interactive like that I feel less pressure because then we're all singing it together and there's something about that like unity that makes me feel like I'm not doing it alone. And, it, and then it makes me feel so much less scared. Um, so if it's my shows where they like know my songs and they're like willing to like sing them with me, then I'm like, I feel so much better. What if it shows that they're not where it's not my crowd and they're like, it's like a blind date and you have to like get them to love you. I'm mm. like, this is the worst day ever. Let's go. When talking to, to Rick Astley, he was for, here for the New Kids on the Block tour. Okay. He was talking about how every single show he almost had to win the crowd over throughout. Yeah, it. it's hard. It's hard. It's it's necessary, but it's hard. And, I, and the thing that I found um, when I was opening for people is I would just focus on the people that did know my songs. Like, if I saw someone in the crowd singing issues or singing, you know, a song that I had done, then I would just focus all my attention on that person because then I was like, oh, we're doing this together, okay. And then I just stand there and sing to them. <laughs> 15,000 people, I'm like, you, me and you, it's you and me, baby. Well, Love that. Yeah. So you've written a lot of songs, mm -hmm. but you're also an artist yourself. Mm -hmm. When you have a song, what allows you to see, okay, this song's for me or this song's for somebody else? Well, usually I pick time to designate for myself. And if I'm writing a song for someone else, I'm usually with that artist. So, like, if I write a song with an artist with for them, like, I'm not going to be like, thank you, I'll take that. Like, that's not, that's just such poor etiquette, I think. Um, and also, if I know that they love the song and they're going to, like, give it their all, I'm like, yes, please, like, give it a home and love it and like cherish it, please. But usually if, if, it's, if it's for me, like I have certain like titles or certain lyrics that I have in mind for something that I wanna write and I'll just cut out time for myself and, and write songs for myself. Awesome. Yeah. What was the process like to write What A Time? What a time, what a time, what a time. I wrote What A Time with Justin and this producer duo called RKCB. I had written it after I had seen my ex-boyfriend at a baseball game and it was so brief. Like we literally passed each other. He goes, hey, I said hi. And then that was it. Like, and then I went to the studio and I was just like, wow, what a, what a time. Like what a time that was. Like how you could be like so deeply in love with somebody and 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 then it all just feel like a lie, you know? Like, it's just like, what a time that was. Like, you, you put so much emphasis on this relationship. And, and, then it's, and then it's just not anymore. I just, and I found that so fascinating. And so, 
so that's yeah that's how we wrote it and then when we did the actual album ian kirkpatrick he actually executive produced in a monologue part one and he um he helped turn everything into like Amazing. the masterpiece that it was and juan ariza played all the keys on uh what a time and just like brought it to life in such a beautiful way and um when I was making the album, I knew I wanted to get some features. I was afraid to ask my friends because I'm not usually that kind of person that asks people for favors. Um, but I had become really good friends with Niall and I just was really bold one day and I asked him if he would want to be a part of it. And I sent it to him, and he was like, this is so beautiful. And he had, like, already learned the guitar part on the that's guitar. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and he um, he came to the studio. He came to Henson. And my friend Benjamin Rice, who's, like, the most exceptional producer slash vocal producer, um, cut his vocals. And the first time he sang the second verse, I, think you I literally cried and I cried so much that he had to like walk out of the booth and give me a hug because I was like sobbing um but yeah your vision I'm, was coming to life yeah it's amazing I'm so grateful he's I I couldn't have picked a better person to to sing that song with me incredible yeah uh one of my favorite songs by you was all your exes yeah in terms of that song Instead of talking about the actual song, tell me about what it was like to, to film that music video. Because the music video, <laughs> the music video is was... more like a movie. But... It was, yeah. It was, um, it was definitely the, the most elaborate video I had ever done. I, I knew I really wanted it to be cinematic. And I had had some ideas, and I had started working with a new director. Her name was Blythe Thomas. I had told her some ideas that I had had. And she she goes, oh, my God, Julia, what if we do all your exes as, like, a dinner party, but all the girls are dead, and they're all his exes? And I was like, that's so funny. We should absolutely <laughs> do that. And it was fun. And, and we, the last scene we did uh, was... <laughs> It was, um, oh my gosh, the girls, they were so funny. There was one girl at the dinner table, and she goes, if you want to just, like, stick a hot Cheeto up my nose, you can do that. I was like, you're, that's so okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and I think one of the girls was, like, a vegetarian, and I didn't know, and I, like, basically threw a whole chicken at her, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, that's incredible, I felt though. so bad. And then the last scene... Um, was me like covered in blood mm -hmm. because one of the girls gets away but it was like this like really sticky goopy um, stuff and it like it was stuck to my body my hair was like stuck to my skin I had to like like basically rip the extensions off of my skin because it was like so sticky and I couldn't get off my skin and I think it stained my skin for like a day it was so gross. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was disgusting. Was that one uh, was did you act a lot before that music video? No. The only time <laughs> no. Fuck. I no, I I no, absolutely not. That was a no. What was it like to act for the first time? Um I would I don't know if I would necessarily call that 
acting because like the like for the most part it was me just lip syncing my song and then I was just playing with food for the most part <laughs> so I, I wouldn't call that acting <laughs> speaking of food what would you say is the world's best snack hot cheetos what or talkies of, what kind of hot cheetos would you say um like the original ones like the best fl- one. is that flaming, flaming hot, hot. Is that, yeah is that, would you absolutely. say 100% yeah and talkies do you have them you have them don't you you son of a bitch <laughs> let's go we had to pick them up Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I was like, wow. Wow. This is for you. Wow. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. I literally was going to ask you what was in the bag, but I was like, it's probably private shit, so then I'm not going to be weird. But I was like, he's holding that bag with, like, he's guarding that shit with his life. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck I is in the bag? I had to remember. What's in the bag? <laughs> so, that, that'll be a new segment. What's in the bag? <laughs> Thanks, man. Of course. Should we open them? <laughs> do you like hot cheetos? I've, I've never I've, had them. I've had them like maybe once or twice. You don't like spicy things, do you? I, I've been trying to get into them. I've, we we had something. Like, we had the new hot ones Pringles oh. for the first time. Um, they're pretty spicy. Yeah, I. You can either save those for I'll, you. I'll save. Yeah. Um. So let me ask. Let me ask you this. Um. If someone wants to become a songwriter and like have their first placement want to go on the process of that what's step one what's step one here let me take this out (laughs) product placement um what's step one i mean it depends i i think every process is different and every everything works for you know different people like if you want to get into the more like management side of things like you should find an internship you know like if you want to make songs like you know and you can sing like you know I started with demos like it really just depends on your comfortability level and where you want to be I think do you think you need a publishing deal to become a songwriter um no I don't think you need one. It's it's helpful um, just in terms of um, them introducing you to people and uh, putting together sessions For sure. that you probably wouldn't be able to do yourself. Um, I signed with Warner Chapel when I was 21. That's who Justin is with too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at Universal now, but I was there for a long time and I signed because there was a publisher there named Katie Vinton and she was amazing um truly the best she was the reason why good for you even happened um she was the one that pitched it to Interscope and then got it to Selena and amazing yeah that's how that whole thing happened but uh, I would say like I don't usually sign to pub like companies I sign to the person you know, which is kind of a downfall for me because I get attached to people and then if they leave, I'm like, how dare you? Um, I don't think they're necessary, but I do think that they can be very be- beneficial. Do you ever know or ever have an idea if a song's going to be as big as it's going to be when it comes? No. When you're writing it? Absolutely not. Um, actually, fun example. I've never been in a call hit. That's not my thing. 
Um, fun example, when we wrote Sorry, I was like, yeah, this song's good. And then it was, like, everywhere, and I was like, <laughs> I know nothing. Uh, good times. Do you ever miss music before TikTok? I mean, what does that mean, exactly? Nowadays, sometimes music is based around, like, a 15-second trend mm. versus, like, a whole song. For example, I really know 15 seconds of About Damn Time by Lizzo. I'm only listening... <laughs> I've only listened to the whole song a couple times, but I've like heard that 15 seconds mm. a thousand times. Right. It's seems like people listen to like an entire song before versus nowadays it seems like they're listening to sections of songs. I'm not on TikTok that often. Mm -hmm. I'm still, I still very much listen to whole songs. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite of TikTok where I can listen to a whole song and I can listen to the whole song like over and over and over and over again until I'm like fucking sick of it. And then I listen to something else and then I go back to that song and I listen to that song over and over again. You seem like the kind of person who's very honest and vulnerable in your music. How important would you say that is for songwriting? Super. I think that's super important. Well, it depends on the kind of music you want to make. But for me, honesty and just authenticity, that's my, that's my genre, basically. Do you, f do you find the songwriting process often happens before actually songwriting when you're like with the artist just talking to them? Yeah, I find that I find that talking is so much better than coming in with like a preconceived idea. Because um, there's so many things that come up in conversations that can be songs that people don't realize because they're like, oh, it's that's just I just said that. It's like, yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you say that the same way that you would say that in a song? 100%. And so I think people sometimes forget that, like, songwriting doesn't have to be this, like, grand metaphoric gesture. It can, it can be a conversation. As, as a last piece, um, anything that you want to promote or tell people to check out? No. <laughs> check out Julia Michaels' songs. They're great. We're going to have a playlist down below that is written by Julia Michaels. It's going to be great. Everyone check it out. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me, of course. Thank you for my snack. I'm, I hope you enjoy it. I'm taking the studio today. Please do. <laughs> please, please share it if you want to, or keep it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All to myself. Amazing. <laughs>